You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop. Hey, and welcome back to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, lucky enough to be joined by my man, Biff Lather, the executive director here. Biff, how are you? I'm doing great. Hope everybody's out there, out there is doing well and enjoying the summer and getting some golf in. Yeah, if you're not, it's airification time, I feel it like. It is airification time. I mean, them little holes in, you know, it always happens when the greens are perfect. I mean, they come yeah, I know. I, we hear that all the time. I know the superintendents hate to hear that. That's why <laughs> I said they it. They do. They do. <laughs> but, yeah, we, uh, we're we good. We're good. We're kind of in an empty office today. We've got everybody out on the road and I'm getting ready to go on the road and uh it's that time of year so we got we got a lot of things happening we had a last week or so we didn't have quite as much going on that's because we're preparing for the next 14 days ahead of us which uh, will be quite extensive with events but what we've done since the last time we got together alan we had the usam qualifier out at camden country club on yeah. the 18th and 19th of july good test of golf Man, it's kind of cool. I was wondering how that was going to work. You know, the top of the best of the best. And we had a strong feel for that USAM qualifier. Right. And you take them to Camden, everybody looks at that scorecard and kind of giggles. But yeah. then Camden bites back a little bit. But we had uh, we had 125 players start. It's a two-day event, 36-hole yep. qualifier. And we cut to 40% in ties for the second day. And uh, after all was said and done, a lot of rain the first day, we managed to get everybody done. Uh, we, had, we had five guys qualify. Uh, two of the top two were not from South Carolina. Nick Lyerly from North Carolina. Nick went out and shot 61 the first day Man, in Camden. That's strong. And, you know, it's always hard to follow up a round like that. He came back with a great round. I mean, yeah. he came back with a 70 and, and ended up qualifying, taking medalist honors with a, a 131. And then a, a Jackson Covan okay. from California. Wow. Uh, took second place, but in third we hit, the last three spots went to South Carolina boys, which is what we're always excited about. So, you know, see our South Carolina guys move on and play in these national championships. And Zach Adams and Nathan Franks took the third and fourth spot, and yep. William Jennings took a, a three way three man playoff to take the final spot at one thirty four. Good for William. How how old is he now? He's still a teenager. I yeah, believe. I think he's, he's yeah. maybe a rising senior. Maybe. Yeah, good for him. So, I yeah. saw Nathan and Zach. It was good. I mean, so, it was a uh, it was a heck of a heck of a. a Two days and and everybody had a good time and boy that we said it before but Nick Price out there at Camden Country Club yeah. has done such a great job really got it looking good six under par is yep. what played off correct yep. yeah yeah I, I, I saw the results and I texted a friend of mine I said six under played off yeah I mean it, again if you looked at that field as a whole 125 players I mean it's some of the best of the best in the area in our state for sure but in the southeast in the country I mean it was a it was a really strong field so. Yep. We were excited to get that one done, and then uh, the, as that one was finishing up, that last round, we were starting the first round of the Blade up at Thornblade, nice. uh, our junior championship. The 24 years of the Blade. It's I mean, amazing. It's next like year a, will be 25. It's incredible. I'm, I'm sure they've got big plans. <laughs> They're already planning. I think once we handed out the trophies, Rob Reese, who's the tournament chairman and also our uh, vice president here at the South Carolina Golf Association, he said they were already planning on sitting down that afternoon and starting yep. planning for the next one. Well, so. they usually do. They usually have a big meeting that night. They so. meet every Friday, first oh, Friday really? of the month. Wow. First Friday of each month, they get together. Their committee gets And their committee comes in there, and they work. Boy, when I, it shows. When I was leaving, they were pulling signs out the ground and stacking them. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, man, yeah. They get on it. Yes, they uh, do. But they had another great event. We really got fortunate with the weather. Um, played a lot of kids the first two days, and then they cut the – they cut, to, I don't know the final number, but it's not many. It's only right. about an hour and a half of tee time. So yeah. uh, you have to really play good to make that final round. But in the girls' 10 to 12 
bracket, which they only play 18 holes. Uh, Kenley Brazil shot an 81. She took a, a seven-shot victory. Nice. And in the boys' 10 to 12 bracket, Will McGraw shot a 69, a, a 200 par 69 uh, to take that. And then the girls' 13 and 18, a young lady named Ann Fernandez, okay, who's been on a tear here lately. Uh, she shot a three-day total of four over par, two fourteen. Wow! Uh, for a nine-shot victory, good playing. Yeah, Ms. she Fernandez. played really good over Abby Franks. She's nine-shot victory over Abby Franks, and then the boys' thirteen and eighteen bracket. Uh, Andrew Gregory took the title with a a three-day total of three over par, two sixteen. Um, beat Tip Price by three shots. Really? So, so he had a little cushion going into the final round. He really didn't have his best round. I think he shot 76 in the final round, but still won. But that was two of your Watson Cup players too, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. And, um, you know, it, the golf course played hard. I think somebody told me that Andrew's three over par was 14 shots higher than last year's victor. Wow. Um, Zach Adams. <laughs> really? He went on a tear. I mean, tear, he, Zach won by like 12 shots last year, I think. Okay. But, uh, the golf course was, you know, rough was up. They – they used the uh, final round of the BMW hole locations for, for the final yeah. round of the Blade Championship. Really? And they were tough. They were I a couple, three from the edge and right. made them work for it. That's so. cool, though. It was good. Good event. Uh, they come together. That, like I said, that committee and that, that membership at Thornblade come together and do a, just a spectacular job of putting on a great show for these kids. Yes, they do. It's no doubt one of the best, like a tour event. That's it. That's it. So uh, Now, as we speak, Alan, we've got the Player Series going on. Uh, started on July the 26th and, and finishing up today on the 27th at Crowfield. Oh, yeah. Uh, McKee's down there with about 55 of their players and having a good another good event with the player series. And then uh, the junior staff is down at Palmetto Dunes in Hilton Head getting ready for the Jimmy Self Invitational, which is this weekend, the yeah. three-day event, the 28th through the 30th. That's a good one too, man. Yep, they got a full – they got a big field down there. And then uh, I – and Charlie Roundtree the third, we leave on Friday, uh, the twenty uh, 28th, uh, to go to Savannah Golf Club for our Georgia South Carolina team matches. Nice. We got our top eight boys taking on the top eight boys from Georgia. Yeah. And uh, playing the old Savannah Golf Club, which is a got a little bit of Donald Ross in it from what I understand. I've never been there before, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hadn't either. But you got to go get that big old trophy. Yep, I got that. Well, I got to carry that thing down there with me. Yeah. I, I got it. I, I got to carry it. It's not the most mobile thing. We're, we're working on a plan for that, though. So. It takes one vehicle to move this trophy. It's just about. But uh, it's a beautiful trophy. It's the mace. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a beautiful trophy, and it's a great event. It's a great opportunity for our kids and their kids to get together. It's the longest-running international junior matches in the nation. Yeah. I've uh, been doing it since 1976. And uh, we got our – Before I was born. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think I was two when they got yeah. going, so – um, and then and then man, it's just crazy. We 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 get done with that that team matches and the Jimmy Self, and then Michael's got another player series. Uh, the the week this comes out uh, down at Myrtle Beach National on the third and fourth of August. Uh, our amateur championship starts on the fourth of August, a four day event. It's at the Dunes Club. We got a a great field coming in for that. Had had some qualifiers through the end of June and first of July. And yeah, looking forward just to a great opportunity. First time we've been there in thirty five years, so we're looking forward to getting back. I want to come watch. I got something beginning of the week, but hopefully I can come towards the end. Come on down. I'll save a golf cart for you. Oh, please do. I'll and, take a picture. There you go. Uh, and then, literally, we finish that event on Sunday, and the next day on Monday, we have the U.S. Senior Am qualifier going at Wood Creek. And when that gets done on Monday, the junior crowd will be back down at Country Club of Charleston for the Beth Daniel Junior, which is the August the 9th through the 11th. 
Yeah. And uh, they get done with that and go straight to Seabrook and Rock Hill for the Junior All-Stars, which is the August the 13th and 14th. So you can see why we, we kind of took it slow the last couple of weeks. I say slow. We had two different events. But then we got, uh, what's that, eight, eight events coming up in the next uh, 15 days. So it's a pretty incredible run we got ahead of us. I'm telling you, man. It's, it's a good one. Uh, I was just thinking about your tournament, what you, the, the rotation you just said. I would kill to play dunes club country club of charleston and wood creek that'll be a right. great golf trip i mean it, it there's some great great facilities in there and i mean it's uh you know there's a lot of coordination that goes to this because we we only have so much equipment so we're having to move oh, stuff I, I think i'm taking the trailer from the dunes club the tournament trailer to charleston i'm gonna haul it down to charleston as soon as we're done that sunday and then drive back to columbia and then Justin's going to leave the trailer at Charleston when he's done with Beth Daniel and go to Seabrook and pick it up on his way back from Seabrook that on, makes on sense. Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. the trailer's going to have some miles on it here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> That's what you got That's it for. What, what we do. That's yeah. why we got it. It's so a big we're, trailer. We're looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to another episode of our Off the Hosel Hill. we got a legend coming up today. I want to say real quick, Mike Gravely, I, I, I did not bring it up with him the other day. The first time I met him was, I guess, 2004 State Amateur Columbia Country Club. And the year Alex Hamilton won. Yes. He was playing. He was a competitor in the field. And he stayed with Eddie Hargett. I was assistant golf pro at Columbia. And they, I guess the wives were out of town. Eddie's, you know, there was the guys at the house. So we ended up playing poker over there at Eddie Hargett's till, <laughs> till those two said, I got to go to bed. I have a tea time in the morning. And I remember Mike giving us grief the next day going, you guys didn't clean up. It was me and all the cart kids. <laughs> and we probably didn't clean up. We were young and stupid, but. That was my first time meeting Mike Gravel. Mike's Mike's great, man, and he's going. To, we got a lot of great stories with him. I've been watching him play golf for a long time. Uh, yeah, he's always been good to us. He's a friend of ours. He's he's got he's got his opinions, but a lot of them are, are, are usually pretty darn good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's not scared to tell you about them. So we we hope everybody enjoys hearing from the legend himself, Mr. Mike Gravely. Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the game's initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The MySCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app. Michael Gravely, welcome to SCGA Off the Hustle. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm doing good this morning. I'm looking forward to this interview. I've been excited about this since we got it all set up. <laughs> Where to start? Where, Where to start? start? Let's just go to the beginning. When you were a baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I probably can't remember that. How did you get introduced to golf? I guess through my dad. Okay. Uh, he would go out. Greer Country Club was like a, a nine-hole course at the time. And he would go out late in the afternoon when he got off, and he'd let me go out there and pull his pull cart. Okay. Or push cart, right? No, it was a pull cart back pull then, cart I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then when I was six years old, Christmas Day, I got my first set of clubs. Sam Sneed Wilson. It was kind of like a driver three-wood combination. Sure. Yeah. Three, five, seven, nine, and a putter. And a bag that was black and, and red plaid. Wow. Nice call. Yeah. And then uh, a, a buddy of mine who was born a week before me, got him Barry Beaks, uh, he got the same exact Christmas present. 
So we were the only two little kids in Greer, South Carolina that played golf. There were no other little kids. So, so Barry and I, in the summer times, one of our dads would drop us off at seven o'clock in the morning at the country club. <laughs> and we, the clubhouse didn't open until eight. So we would go walk through the woods and through places I would never go now right. <laughs> for my fear of old no shoulder. And we would look for golf balls to either play with or we found a new Titleist, or back then the new uh, Dunlop Red Dot, man, Maxfly Red Dot. Man, we took those in there and we'd trade them in for soft drinks and a moon pie. <laughs> and we, that, that was our summer times, you know. That is awesome. That's a common theme with a lot of folks we talk to. They get, get dropped off, and, and that was that was where you hung out. I, that's what happened to me. That's well, it keeps a lot of kids out of trouble, too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially now. For sure. So you have a brother, Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. Is he older or younger? Robbie's four years younger than me, but he looks four years old. Okay. So <laughs> did he ever come out there with you? Did, was he in a Robbie golf? started playing uh, a little bit later than I did. Okay. You know, you have to remember, I mean, I'm six. He's two years old. Right. So when he was about five or six, he started playing golf as well. Okay. And he actually was – Robbie was a really good player. People don't know that. Uh, he won some big junior tournaments in South Carolina back in the day and – was an All-American at Spartanburg Junior College uh, two years in a row. Uh, hmm. uh, MVP of the conference two years in a row. I knew he could play. I didn't know he had all that yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, he, Robbie was a really, really good player. And then, of course, he went to Clemson, uh, played a couple of tournaments, and then just kind of faded off into the past, came out, got a job, got married, had kids, all that good stuff. Well, after you got your skip set – and continued playing out there. Did you, did you play a lot of junior tournaments, and did you do we, much of that? We never were introduced to it. Right. Because, uh, you know, it was Greer, South Carolina, and, and we didn't have, per se, a pro. You know, we usually had a guy who ran the pro shop, you know, and, and uh, kind of managed the club's affairs. So nobody knew about the Carolinas PGA. Uh, the South Carolina chapter wasn't even invented until right. about 1976 or so, or seven, I don't think. But but so we never knew about any junior tournaments. You know, we knew about the JC tournament, statewide JC tournament, because my dad helped run that tournament. <laughs> so we'd play in that, uh, and then Mark Darnell down in uh, Augusta at I can't remember the name of the golf course, uh, but he had the Westlake national junior invitational every year and we'd go down there and play in that but other than that that's all we knew about we didn't know about scga junior yeah. stuff or carolina's junior stuff did you play college golf i played golf at anderson okay four years no no three year okay then i broke my arm the second year Ooh. and that kind of took me out of that mm. and uh, then i decided i didn't like school anymore <laughs> so so you go from there now <clears throat> You were part of the Carolinas PGA for a little while, weren't you? I was for a good while. Yeah. Uh, I I went to uh, Whispering Pines and worked for Stuart Taylor up there at the South Course, and then a uh, uh, big recession era hit when Jimmy Carter was in office with gas mm -hmm. lines and all that stuff, and uh, they just couldn't afford to keep assistants anymore, so they kept all the head pros. Is all they did. Wow. And then, uh, of course, Stuart working at Greenville Country Club, being really good friends with Paul Voyer, got me a job there. So I worked at the Country Club for four years. Then I became a teaching pro at Pebble Creek and uh, 
stayed there about a year and a half, and then they sent me to Irma at Coldstream. Well, I was going to say that because I don't know if you knew that. Alan. I did not. So where our office is in Irma, just a mile down the road, was what was known as Coldstream. Right. Uh, later became known as Rawls Creek. Uh, now it's a walking park. It's not even open anymore. But you were there in the early 80s. I was there uh, from 1980 and 81. Yeah. And then from there, you know, it was the last year that a club pro could get his tour card because it was becoming the separation between the PGA and the Tournament Players Association. So I opted to do that. I went and played so many tours and opted to sign up and get my tour card, and that's how I got to go play the tour. Really? I did a little quick search on you, and there was a bio on Mike Gravely on the PGATour.com from 1982. Two. Uh-huh. So I knew you. My wife actually pulled that up. You had about seven or eight events on there. No. No? My wife and I, or my wife was sitting around one night during a tournament, and she was going, you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a DQ on there. I had to, I got to ask. Uh, no. If I can. I can. Was it in Greensboro? Greensboro. That's exactly what it was. I can't remember what it, I think I might have signed an incorrect score. Incorrect. I figured it was something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was the guy. They called me uh, They called me Mr. Cutline Qualifier. <laughs> Whatever I shot, they knew was going to play off to get in the tournaments <laughs> that week. Uh, like Westchester, I played pretty good there, and I thought I was in. And, and it was like a six-man playoff for one spot. Well, it was Jerry Hurd. Uh, it's like four big name players. Well, they got up on the tee, and we were starting on uh, what was tenth hole. It's really number one, but it's par three. Yeah. And they all four looked at each other and said, "Let's go drinking." And they just picked up their bags and left. <laughs> so it left me and a guy named Wally Armstrong. So Wally and I played seven holes and on the seventh tee he said my wife's gonna kill me they had like four or five kids oh my gosh and they were stuck in a motel room waiting on him to go to dinner and to a movie Mm. he said my wife's gonna kill me and when he said that i knew i was gonna win that playoff (laughs) that's too funny you know we got i got in that tournament and and really first day i shot 69 and was in the top 10 and the second day i'm doing pretty good and we get to the 17th hole. It's a par four up a little hill. I was playing with Andy North and D.A. Wybring. And we all hit it within a yard of each other out in the fairway. And Andy North hit, and the ball's coming down. Hit right, pin was front right. I'll never forget this. Pin was front right. His ball hits in the fringe and rolls up there about a foot and a half. D.A. hits, his ball lands in the front fringe. Rolls up there about a foot. Well, I hit, and my ball's coming down, and D.A. said, you made it. And it hit a sprinkler head. Oh, no. And it bounced over the green in knee-high fescue. And I made eight. Man. <laughs> and I missed cut by shot. Well, I saw that. That was one of the scores I saw. because it was Like you said, you played well the first day. Right. The second day, there was a different number there. You know, and I had, I had several tournaments like that. I played good at Byron Nelson out in Texas, and you know, for a day. It was like one day, and then I don't know what happened. It, I don't know if it was a, if it was ner- it wasn't nerves, right? And it probably had due to back then players didn't finish and go to a fitness trailer 
or anything like that. Right. We kind of went, well, let's go have a drink, yeah. you know, and yeah. that may have been part of it. You know, I, I definitely had the game to do it. I just didn't bait myself. What made you realize or decide that that was not the path that you were going to go any further? I mean, you because I couldn't beat Jack Nichols and Tom Watson. Yep. I mean, that's pure and simple. I mean, you know, when you go out and you play, say, Westchester, shoot 69, it's not a hard golf course, not long, had terrible rough. You, had to, you have to hit it straight, you have to hit it on the greens. But when I go out to shoot 69 and play pretty good, and Bob Gelder went out and shot 60. <laughs> it's hard to compete with I that. I mean, he won that tournament by like 20 shots. <laughs> I'm going to. I want to reiterate. Still to this day, I saw you on Instagram yesterday. Keenan Husky mm-hmm. was somewhere, and he shot 17 under for three days and lost by 10 or four days and lost by 10. Yeah. His quote was, "Stay in school, kids." <laughs> Stay in school. You know, I think nowadays the PGA Tour uh, players coming out of college are so. There's so many players now. The game has grown uh, immensely over the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. And kids have got, you know, you're, they're into the fitness routines. The college coaches are, you know, they have trainers. They have all kind of things to make them hit the ball a long way. Uh, and plus, the, you know, I was playing with a lot of golf balls and, and for some driver, had eight degrees bulge and roll on it, you know. <laughs> you could hook that thing or slice that thing off the world if you but want. You're an equipment guy. We were talking a little bit earlier about it. So, what, do you remember the, the switch from persimmon to the metal woods? I, mean, I do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played a uh, had a McGregor automatic driver that uh, I broke in half, and it took me forever. The head broke hitting the golf ball, and it took me forever to find a driver. So I went to a power built citation driver, mm-hmm. and I could hit that thing in a five gallon bucket from two fifty. <laughs> I mean, it was just like money. And then everybody's going to the the the, the metal stuff, and uh, Harry Taylor. Gave me a Pittsburgh persimmon tailor made at one of the turn. I think it was a, what's now the John Deere, which was the old Hardy's classic. And he gave me one of those. And I hit that thing and I said, you know, I don't like this too much. So I just stayed with persimmon. And then Rob Rowland, you know, was with Founders. And he gave me a driver and he said, just try it with a graphite shaft in it. And I picked up a little yardage, but the main thing I noticed was I couldn't hit it off the world. I couldn't hook it as much. I couldn't slice it as much. If I made a decent swing, right. I usually got the ball in the fairway. And I think that's really the – now they're coming out with a carbon face to get the ball speeds up. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, you can't keep up. You, you get something new now, by the time you get in your hand, there's something new coming out from that. That's the – I love Titleist, uh, their, their line of thought, because they don't come out with anything new for two years. You know, Tyler made one year came out with something new every six months. Yeah, right? yeah. Back uh, in the three sixty days, those drivers. Yeah, I mean, it was so frequent, it was crazy. I know. Yeah, and and so, uh, you know, I've actually got one of those carbon face drivers out there in the back seat of my car that uh, Mr. Weber's letting me try. <laughs> he said, "I don't understand why in the world." You want a new driver. He said, you hit that Tyler's driver in the fairway every time you pull the trigger. It just doesn't make sense. I said, well, if I can get 15 more yards like they say I can, but you know what? Here's the deal. If you got 15 more yards off every club they said you're going to get 15 yards off, we'd all be hitting it 450. Right. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, don't you think it's some of that length, and we've kind of gone off a little bit, but some of that length, the, the combination, obviously, the ball and, and, the, and the equipment. I mean, Absolutely. The ball is a – Completely different. What you- <clears throat> well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
the the shaft is the engine though if you ever get the it's, it's all about the shaft to me i mean you got to be able to look at a club and like the way it looks you got to like the way it sounds but it's the shaft that drives it uh and uh you know the balls of course don't curve as much yeah uh they're harder rock what was uh compared to what we Baker. played with yeah you know i remember playing the cap's choice down in uh, georgia with some friends of mine and we we're playing at the hartwell country club and this one little green was like rock hard nobody could keep it on the green and they said don't hit it at that flag stick because we we you won't be able to keep it on the green i pulled out a titleist uh old tour balada mm-hmm. i hit a wedge in there and that ball took one hop <laughs> spun back about two feet and they all looked at me and said how'd you do that <laughs> The old tour balada. What ball are you playing today? Professional? I mean, uh, Pro V1X. Pro yeah. Professional. Yeah, because it flies higher. Okay. Oh. When you get older, the ball tends to lose a little altitude. So let's get back to your career. And when did you, when'd you get your amateur status back? Do you remember when that was? I got it back in 1988. Okay. I uh, wrote, I think I called your dad, called yep. Hat, said, What do I need to do? And he sent me the forms. Filled them out, sent them back to him, and that was probably in '86. And uh, I really, honestly, didn't have any interest in playing golf. To be honest, I didn't play golf much for when I came home from playing the tour. I just had no interest in it. What did and, you do right after the tour, work-wise? Uh, well, I was in the insurance business. Okay, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but my uncle Bobby called me and said, uh, this was like in 87. He called me and he said, I want you to go play with me in the member guest at Greer. And I said, well, number one, I own, uh, my clubs, I'd have to have them regrip. <laughs> so I borrowed Robbie's Ping I-2 irons. And uh, I said, okay. I said, you know, I'm still a pro. He said, they don't care. And I said, okay. <laughs> so. So we went out there, and, and I didn't even play a practice round. Teed it up on Saturday morning, shot 66. Wow. Shot 80 the next day. <laughs> but that's really pretty much what got me back into it. I, I, I missed the competition side of things. That You know, I, I play golf now at my age with a bad back uh, for two reasons. One, I still like to be competitive. Mm-hmm. But number two, I go into all these tournaments, I get to see Steve Liebler, you know, four or five times a year. I get to see all these guys that from different parts of the state that you just, you know, you'd miss if you didn't see them. Yeah. Well, I've always said it's like a little brotherhood, if you will. I mean, it, I know not that we don't ever not run golf tournaments, but certain events is usually like between December to, to the 1st of March where we don't see the – the group as much as we used to and it was always like a homecoming in march with the partners mm-hmm. championship and everybody come together and yep. you know, of course you, you did some tournament of champions with us too and it's those wonderful warm days in january oh but lord <laughs> <laughs> one tournament of champions i actually begged you not to play if yep. you remember i yep. said let's not play today i was <laughs> in second place and i said let's not play so so we got out there we teed off as th- i will never forget this either it's 32 degrees when we teed off yep. and the wind was blowing yep and I told Biff, I said, if I make a bogey, I'm done. <laughs> we started uh, uh, 
playing with Andy Condon. He had the lead. And he made triple in the first hole we played. I said, dang, I got to stay now. <laughs> <laughs> that tournament of champions, I remember one year starting it. I, I, I mean, I had asked everybody for a reason not to play. And I mean, that was my announcement. It says, folks, I, I have tried and I cannot find a reason not to play this golf tournament today. So we're going to go play. It made for good stories, though, later on. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you get to see Hap out there with his uh, vegetable soup. Yeah, on, yeah that's on secret recipe. That'll burn yeah. your mouth, boy. I don't know how he <laughs> kept it so hard. out of a can? <laughs> it was a bunch of cans. I know what he, it is. He threw corn in there and said that was his recipe because <laughs> the cans didn't have corn in it. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of your amateur victories because you've had a few of them here. Um, you mentioned Liebler. You and Liebler teamed up together to win. And I'm just talking about some SCGA stuff, yeah. Mike. You've got a lot of other things going on. But the mid-end four ball in 08 and 09 with Steve. Mm -hmm. Y'all won. Um, you won the senior four ball with your friend Todd Weber. And Terry Willis. And Terry Willis. That's right, and Terry Willis. We got that one too. Uh, part of the Musgrove team Trescott champions in 02, 03, and 05. We four of them. Y'all have four? We have four. I missed one in there. Yeah, we have four. And then uh, a Lathrop Cup at Columbia Country Club with Holly Tree. That's right. That's right, the Lathrop Cup in there. And then you and Stan Sill, cousin. Mm-hmm. Cuz. Uh, won Carolina Senior Four Ball in 18. Correct. Now, how many USGA championships? That's hard. That's harder for me to find. You played in a couple USGA. Three. Three of them. Played uh, my first one, Senior Am, was at Lake Nona, 2010. I was the youngest guy in the field which was great. <laughs> uh, and then 2012 was at uh, Mountain Ridge in New Jersey. And then 2019 at uh, Old Chatham. All the senior AMs, right? All senior AMs, yeah. I, I uh, you know, my first senior open qualifier was at Colton River. Yep. And I was in a playoff, you know, got an unfortunate little bounce, but uh, didn't get into, into that. But, you know, I got... Three or four U.S. Open low qualifier medals or nice. non qualifier, yeah, yeah, the yeah. low amateur medals. Yeah. Uh, and I've got three or four of the uh, U.S. Senior Opens. And for, of course, you know, a couple of uh, medals for the low qualifier for the senior end. I've always tried to explain, because you played in some of them now, I've always tried to explain when we do our qualifiers for those events, U.S. Senior mm -hmm. AMs or Opens, and we get we get a lot of guys that come to us and say, why are y'all playing it this long and, and this hard? And I, I, it's, it's hard for us to explain that they're going to play a national championship where it's not going to get any easier than what we've presented to them at that oh, point Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mountain, you know, we did the qualifier at Lexington for uh, for uh, Old Chap. Yeah which I got the low qualifier medal for that. And then we got to Old Chatham. Old Chatham was designed by Nicholas and it was meant to have 60 yard wide fairways. Well, the USGA cut them down to 35 to 40, grew Bermuda rough to about three inches. And this golf course was also meant to play hard and fast. Well, it rained. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first practice round day, Walter Todd and myself were playing. We started on number 10, hit a driver and a wedge on the green. I said, well, ain't much to this. Walked up on the next hole's par five, 622 yards. There's a driver, a really good three wood, and a really good eight iron for me. <laughs> you know, 18 was 485 yards. Uh, second qualifying day, end of the wind, fairways are wet. I hit driver three wood and a chip shot. Oh, gosh. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's I, incredibly hard. I remember you telling me the story from that, that particular event, how long it was, yeah, how long it was. I mean, played. and, you know, Mountain Ridge was, was probably the shortest golf course I played, but it could play long. 
mm-hmm. you know, because of part of the golf course was down in a valley, part of the golf course was up on top. So you're always going up or down, up or down, up or down. Uh, that's the one that I was probably the most disappointed in myself until I talked to Hap. I had driven home on Thursday morning, got in Thursday morning, and the mid-am was at Forest Lake, yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, I, I was tired, and I called Hat, and I said, do you want me to come? I said, I'm really tired. He said, Mike, if you don't come, i got to put somebody who qualified shooting 93 in this tournament. Yep. So I said, okay, I'll come. So I didn't even play a practice round. I got there on Thursday afternoon late. Jeremy was out playing the practice round. I was staying with him. And I just putted around and chipped around and stuff like that. And uh, so the next day I'm on the, I don't remember what one is and what 10 is, but it's a sharp dog leg left. It's number one. Number one. Uh, I was on number one tee and your dad came up to me. And he said, I, I want you to know I'm proud of you. And I said, well, I'm kind of still bummed out, you know? And he said, let me tell you something. He said, do you know how many people who try to qualify to play USGA events? He said, do you know how many people that actually get in USGA events. And then he said, the next thing is, do you know how many people get in and qualify for match play? He said, do you know how many people qualify for match play and actually win a match? Right. He said, you've done pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it made me feel better. And, well, and the more I reflected on that, it changed my mindset a little bit. Well, I mean, it's an accomplishment. I mean, to, to qualify for any USGA event, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is, I mean, you've got to take out a lot. You got to beat a lot of people at the local level, right? And then to get to do what you do to get to match play or to to, to move on within the event itself. Is well, you know, uh, the qualifier at Lexington was the hardest field to qualify in in the whole country that year. For yep, I remember that one. Yep. Or you know, uh, and uh, uh, Dean Chanel from Chapel Hill. They called in, one of the guys dropped out, and they said, why, why did you select me? And they said, because you were in the hardest field to qualify in, yeah. in the whole country. I mean, huh. Jeff Knox was there. I mean, tons of people I were remember there. It. I remember it. It was a field. And, you know, we do those qualifiers, and we, we try our best, and we, we have so many of them that we, we conduct. But to, to your point of how many people try to qualify and don't make it, we try to run those qualifiers as a championship so mm-hmm. you, you get that feel. I mean, that, that might be as close as any, a lot of these guys yeah. ever get, right, the majority oh, yeah. of them. I mean, usually playing for four, three or four spots. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's you have it's an accomplishment to do that. I said I wasn't going to do it after last year uh, again, but I signed up again this year. There you go, man. You know, I just <laughs> you can't, it's that competitive nature in you. Well, yeah, it is. It is. And and looking at where they're going to have it, I can't remember the name of the golf course, but it's a beautiful place right yeah. on the coast of Massachusetts. And, oh yeah. You know. Another thirty-five hundred dollar trip. That's there all. you go, baby. It's just money. <laughs> they print more of it every day. I want to rein this in a little more local. Talk about two specific events you're a champion in: the Greenville and Spartanburg County Ams. Mm-hmm. Tell me about those. Greenville Counties. I've won four times. Uh, Spartanburg, two times back to back. Okay. Uh, Didn't you win them both in the same year one time? I did. Yeah. <laughs> My dad's name is on the trophy of the Greenville County. Okay. Oh, I did not know that. And uh, and every champion is on that trophy. He has his own little plaque on that trophy. And and uh, so the year I won, you know, of course, both of them. They, the Spartanburg County has always been British Open week. Okay. And the Greenville County has always been the next week. Okay. So the year I won, 
and then I won Spartanburg or won Greenville the next week. Uh, the next phone call I get is from Hap Lathrop because we have uh, Taylor Huff, myself, my brother, Stan Olenek, and Mike Bice started the Cider Cup yep. up in the upstate yep. to make money or try to get money for the for the first tee. And uh, and Stan and I had had this long running argument about who had the better players, Greenville or Spartanburg. <laughs> And I said, well, Greenville's bigger, number one. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Greenville's bigger, number one. Spartanburg has got some great players, no doubt. Absolutely. I said, but in the whole scope of things, I said, we'll beat their brains out. <laughs> and it happened that way a good bit. You know, I think Greenville's got a fairly good size lead in that thing. I'm not sure anymore because I don't play anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so so we did that and, and – uh, Stan says, well, who are you going to play for in the Cider Cup? You've won the Greenville and you've won the Spartanburg. And I said, I don't think I'm going to play. So I didn't play that year. So the, <laughs> so the next year, they scheduled the Greenville and the Spartanburg at the same time. Oh, wow. The gravity rule. Exactly. <laughs> and I think everybody just wanted to know what I would do. And Stan said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to defend my championship. My mom, my brother, everybody in my whole family was mad at me about that. You know, your daddy's name's on the trophy. You need to be playing, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm defending a championship yeah. that I won, yeah. you know. So, so, you know, that kind of worked out because I won again. And it went back to being two separate weeks the next year. Nice. Well, let me ask you this, because now we're into local and, and golf, and I know you've hung your hat at a, a bunch of different places as far as memberships. Mm -hmm. and where are you currently a member of right now? I'm a member at uh, Three Pines yep. in Woodruff in Palmetto. In Palmetto. In Aiken. And you've, I mean, you've been, we're at Musgrove Mill doing this today. You've been a member here for years. I was a member at Musgrove from 1999, left for a couple of years, around 2013. Uh, and then came back, and then this year, uh, I just said, "Well, you know, I can't justify three memberships sure. anymore." I only played now partly because I had some health issues last year. I only played Musgrove fifteen times right. last year. How many and times you play Palmetto? So every time I get on Facebook, I think I played twenty-eight times okay. last year. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, I agree. And it's mostly you know Palmetto for me. I love it. I mean, it's it's just a great place. It's golf. There's no it's tennis. Yep. There's no pool. There's uh, uh, it's it, the ball bounces around and, and fairways are hard and fast and greens are hard and fast and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I, and you know, in the wintertime, you play it off green grass and that's yeah. a big deal. I mean, I it's usually about ten degrees warmer there than it is at home. Huh. So if it's fifty in Greer, it's usually around sixty. High 50s, 60 at Aiken, and I'll go down there and take some guys, and we'll just go have fun. Speaking of Greer again, old stomping grounds, Greer yeah. Country Club. Now, that, we've had a kind of a change over there. The city's, is the city owned that now? The city owns it. Okay. Uh, Robbie tried to buy it, my brother, and uh, with some other guys, and uh, it came down to the city of Greer against Robbie, and, and it, it, it really worked out really good for the employees yeah. because – they got to go on uh, the city's health insurance plans, retirement plans, things of that nature. So, and Robbie wasn't going to be able to do that. Sure. Yeah. So that worked out. They they've done some things over there, redone some fairways. I haven't been over there in quite a while. So, uh, I was there a year or two ago, right after they regrassed with yeah. some new grasses. They regressed some of it. I yeah. don't know how much, but right. some. 
And you, your other memberships, Three Pines, I've always said Three Pines are diamond in the rough. A lot of people don't know about Three Pines. They, oh, well, there's a lot of people that do now. They're, they're figuring it I out, I think right? there's about four. <laughs> that you, it's got a waiting list to get wow. in. Uh, I did go out there Sunday afternoon uh, just to play like six holes and mess around with drivers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was as good as anywhere. I, they, they've done a lot in the, the last fairways couple of years. The fairways were tight. They're hard and fast. The greens were hard and fast, probably rolling 12, 12 and a half. Nice. Uh, you know, it's got a couple of quirky holes on it. Yeah. They got some trees and some, and you can put this on there. They've got some, <laughs> they've got, they've got a tree on four that's probably one of the worst planted trees I've ever seen on a golf course. They've got, they got some holes like that where they need to do some things. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, I was playing with one of the, I was playing with Todd Weber and this fellow named Benny Coleman one day, and Todd, I looked at Todd and I said, "You know, they could cut down a thousand trees out here." Nobody know it. And Benny said, "I want to plant some more." <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> well, speaking of that, because you've got some opinions on, on some different things, and I know Alan has some. I, so the article that Stan published lets you publish the 18 worst holes <laughs> in South Carolina. I did the 18 best. Okay, you two, did. yeah. <laughs> You probably didn't catch as much. I mean, you probably didn't hear much remarks about the best as you did the worst, did you? No, I got a lot of uh, remarks on okay. the worst, a lot. <laughs> so tell me about how that idea was born and how the article came to you. Stan would just give me a theme, and I'd say, okay, I'll do it, you know. And uh, I'd write that article every year. I hadn't done it in probably three or four years now. But uh, I was uh, – he got a call saying I was going to get banned from Village Greens up in Inman. <laughs> What, what hole did you say was the worst Number 18, okay. par 5 there is the worst golf hole in South Carolina. <laughs> Still is. Anytime you have to hit a driver, a wedge, and a five iron, it's not good. All right, time out. The worst 18 or just the worst, the worst one? The worst golf hole. That was the worst 18th hole. Right, because you would categorize them by that number. Exactly. It, right. So it was and, the worst, yeah. And I had uh, two honorable mentions, I think, in that as well. Uh, I put all 18 holes at Cliffs of Glass. <laughs> And the 18th hole at Chanclair. All right, let's, let's stop right there. Okay. Let's stop right here and say these are Mr. Gravely's opinions. Nothing to do with SCGA. That's right. Bill we appreciate the Cliffs of Glassy. We appreciate 18 at Chanclair. Uh, but let's run through them real quick. Can you name them off the top of your head? I can't. I know okay. I got a lot of flack about calling number 11 at Spartanburg Country Club the worst 11th hole. Yeah, I remember that. Why? But I called it that because everybody is, is hitting – usually a hybrid off that tee. So all the balls pretty much collect in one spot. Yeah. And you're going to get a divot every time you go out there, just about. Gotcha. I mean, it, you know. And and they've got this tree on the left-hand side that overhangs the left-hand side of the green. Yeah. If you hit the left-hand side of the fairway, you got zero shot, like you have on six here. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, so a lot of people took, took – yeah, I understand. Nobody wants to. As a matter of fact, I was out there hitting balls one Sunday afternoon, and the assistant pro said uh, he was giving me he was giving a lesson. He was giving them grief, giving me grief about it. <laughs> and I said, "You do know that I'm a member here, and you work here." Oh wow, <laughs> that's why that's what it finally <laughs> came yeah. down to. And then at Holly Tree, I picked number one at par five. Okay, and everybody out there got mad at me, right? <laughs> because I'm like, well, you hit the ball. Down a hill, you can't see where it lands. The fairway is shaped like a football field. It's domed, so it's only going to kick in the left rough or the right rough, or you got to hit it dead perfect to keep it in the fairway. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the whole thing, you know. 
Well, I mean, and, and the fact that you could justify the thoughts, it wasn't just right. saying this is what it is. You know, we talked about earlier when you were a pro at, at, at uh, Coldstream and Irma. Ooh. You, remember, you know how that golf course was. That was my first honorary membership I'd ever received from Ron Stevenson, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. And, but I was not smart enough to play that golf course. And so I had to resign. I, it's the only, only honorary membership I've ever resigned from because I could not play that golf course. But it, it was, was a it was a quirky little golf course. I mean, I mean, uh, it's a great great uh, golf course to go out and have a few yep. Bet, yep. bets going. You know, there's a lot of that. Going but around. but every hole, uh, every hole in the front nine except number eight and nine had a chain link fence without bounds because <laughs> there were chain link fences around all those houses. Yeah. And uh, and and you had to you had to kind of negotiate all that, and then you got to the back nine, and you had rocks out uh, just off the fairway, had rocks and pine roots and all kind of stuff. It was a fun place. It was boy. a fun place. It really was a fun place. <laughs> had a great time there. So now that you've you've done some of your stuff with 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 the golf, and and now you've actually I don't I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you've been helping us out a little bit as a yeah. rules volunteer about five years. What now. got your interest just to just to, to being a part of it? Just being a itself? part of it and and uh, watching, getting able being able to watch some of these young guys hit golf balls and play and 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 uh, you know and it you know. It, Weber talked me into the mid and four ball at Carolina this year, and yeah. I'm like, when we got in, so I'm like. Well, <laughs> I, he said, it's not that long. I, I said, okay, you remember what happened last year at Bulls Bay. So, uh, so you know, it's, it's just being able to see those guys, you know, because I still play golf with them. Sure. It's not like I don't play golf with them. It's just I don't play on a competitive level with yeah. them anymore. What? Are you going to rule schools and doing all that stuff? I've just gone to the SCGA, yeah. CGA stuff. I do both of those. And then I, I'm eventually going to go to the rule school. It's a. It, it, and you've heard the precursor to that rule school. You know, it's, for those of you who don't know, the USGA to PGA collaborate and put on these. Basically, they're four-day rule schools, and three of the days is from eight to five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and you sit there and open up the rules book, and they just pretty much go through it. Now they they've got their different tools that they use to try to make it as entertaining as possible, but it's still three days of rule school. I took Rick Veith to it. He went mm-hmm. to it one time with me. And he, he stayed around and took the test. And the test is a, a three-hour, 50-question uh, closed, closed book. book and 50-question open book. Rick Veith walked out of there. He goes, I'd rather take three bar exams than that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it'll be an experience for you. But I enjoy doing it, you know. Uh, You're not one of those gotcha. You're not looking to put Oh, no, 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 no. Right. No, no. Uh, I, my philosophy is rules officials there to help you. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh was it last year's Spartanburg County AM? I remember I called you and I called Kyle. I got y'all on the conference call. Yep, I remember that. Because we had a player who had a uh, one of those weighted clubs. In and the bag? It wasn't in his bag, but it was sitting outside his bag right next to it, strapped to it. I noticed it, and I was like, because I went, because the guy was leading the tournament by like four at the time. And he dropped his towel, and he asked me if I'd go pick it up and bring it back to him. And that's when I noticed it, when I put the towel on the golf cart. And I immediately drove off and called Biff and, and Kyle and said, I think I got a problem here. Yeah. And then uh, Kyle, he said, well, you know how to ask this question. He said, just ask him if he took it out of play before he started. He said, you know how to ask the question. So uh, I went to the first tee guy, Michael Pies. He wanted nothing to do with it. The pro at Carolina Country Club wanted nothing to do with it. So here I am. I'm out there on an island by myself. And yep. 
I went down and spoke to the player, and I said, we may have a problem. I said, I'm going to ask you a set of questions. And I said, I want you to answer the question as I ask it. Not, don't put anything into it. Don't take anything away from it. And my first question was, you have a weighted glove on your cart? Yes. Did you take that out of play before you started? Yes. I said, we don't have a problem. I got back my cart and drove off. You know, sometimes uh, you got to guide them. Yeah, and then nobody's. I mean, in that situation, there it's, it's as much as education. But no, nobody's using that. He's not using it to cheat or do anything. No. That, you know, it just happened to be a situation. If you can, you can get out of the right way, we were we were talking to uh, you know some of the situations that have come up that we've had to deal with. That you, you, there's some hard penalties we've had to give. You've had to give some hard penalties. Mm-hmm. I've had to give a bunch of hard penalties. Hardest penalty I've ever given was Charlie. Charlie Bryan, as a treasurer of our board at that particular time, was late to the first tee at Watchesaw, and I had to pop him with two right out the gate. That was that was a hard one, but um, that's yeah. what you got to do in that situation. I've had that two popped on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where were you late to a tee? Mr. Lieber and I were playing the uh, Carolina Senior Four Ball at Seabrook, and you know I got the tee times just like he did. But we're sitting in a motel room, and he said we play at like eleven tomorrow. And I said, okay, be like second round. I said, okay. So we figured out when we were going to get up. We figured out what, you know, go to breakfast, ride out to Seabrook from downtown Charleston is is, is a pretty good haul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we got there, and uh, we hit balls. And both of us were on Putnery. And all of a sudden, the intern came up to us and said, uh, Mr. Crabby, y'all are on the tee. It was like 1030. I said, Steve, we're on the tee. He turned around and looked at me kind of funny. We drove over there, and the rules official handed us our card, and he said, uh, and you can add two on this hole. And uh, I was like, oh, well. He was mad. He's up there. He was on putting ring when Pat came in here Steve was. But, Man. but he was mad. He, he did birdie the first hole, so we, we did make a five. There you go. You know, but it kind of set the tone for the rest of the tournament well, it, for us. The game's hard enough as it is yeah. when you're starting off hitting three off the first tee before you've even yeah. done anything wrong. Or, or, or We were tied physically. for the lead oh, going into the second round when, it, when we got hit with that. It's, uh, you know, I've I got one example of that real quick. It was Todd Henley. Dan, Daniel Island, U.S. Senior Open. We had we were playing for one spot, and he just got the time wrong in his head. And I finally got him to the first tee within the five minutes. Gave him the two shot penalty. He birdied the first hole. He ended up getting the only spot that day. He qualified for the only spot that day. Man, I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was tough. What's one of the best shots you think you've ever hit? Mm. Any come to mind? Oh, get ready. He's hit a bunch of good shots. Oh, I know, but a clutch, not just a bomb drive. Hmm. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Okay. Honestly, I I still say to this day the best three wood I've ever hit was at Augusta National number fifteen. On the green and two. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> My caddy, who's a very experienced caddy, there. I was. Uh, I had I had shot one under on the front, part 10, 11, 12. bogey thirteen because I hit a bad wedge shot, not good green. Fourteen, I hit a little too far left and and made five, so I'm one over going fifteen. And I hit a perfect tee shot right down the middle, right hand side of that fairway. I got out there, that ball was sitting up, and it was 245 hole. And I said, Give me a three wood. He said, Mike, you can't hit it that far. <laughs> I said, Give me a three wood. He said, You can't hit it that far. I said, Give me a three wood. He said, Okay, 10 cup. 10 cup. <laughs> so I hit this three wood, and I still say it's the highest, best three wood I've ever hit in my life. <laughs> hit right on the front of the green. 
and it U-turned and went back down. Oh, no. did it really? And uh, but uh, you know that one. Uh, gosh, I, you know, Alan, there've been so many good shots that I've hit to call out one in my memory. Other than that one, I mean, it's hard I, to remember. I'm thinking it could have been a 40 foot putt in the Spartanburg County M. Maybe I don't know. Well, you I know, got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> when, Ke- when Kevin Roberts looked at me, he said, "You're the best putter I've ever seen in my That's life." Funny. <laughs> How about uh, some of you? Obviously, you got to play Augusta National, and you you played a lot of you played a lot of good golf courses. Absolutely, yeah. Is there anything that jumps out? The one that just is your favorite? And I mean, or, or a couple that just that you, you know, love Eagle Point up in Wilmington, North Carolina, is fantastic. Uh, I played there a couple times in tournaments. Uh, Piners number two from my old days of living at Whispering Pines and being an assistant up there, one of the other assistants and I, we'd go to number two in the afternoons and we didn't have to pay to play. And, and, and we'd walk 18 holes or nine holes in the afternoons at Pinehurst number two all the time. That's nice. awesome. Uh, Pinehurst number two is real special to me. I think it's, especially now that it's back in the state that it was in in the mid-70s when I was up there. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, you know, golly. Lake Nona was pretty good. Never been there. Yeah, I've not. I've not been to Lake Nona either. Yeah, and uh, that that's pretty good. How about Scott Friday? He plays some good places, doesn't he? Scott plays everywhere. I know. <laughs> yeah. How did you get to know Scott through? I met Scott here at okay. Musgrove, uh, and uh, we just became fast friends. And and uh, I guess uh, you know we we played some tournament golf together, four balls and things like. But we almost won the. Mid am four ball, I think it was at uh, Crick and Trick. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing about Musgrove. It's good people at Musgrove. Oh, absolutely. Musgrove Mill is. I, I when I joined here, the one thing I noticed is, you know, you could have a guy like me who was not very well off at all. You could have a guy who was the CEO of a textile manufacturing facility but everybody got you're on the same playing level yeah you know that's how i got to meet jay self i played the last round jay was a member here i played with jay huh. oh okay uh and 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 uh he's the one that took me obviously to augusta, to augusta. Yeah. but but uh i did leave out one golf course what's that probably i can say really my best now okay secession yeah. Mark Sue's a good friend of mine is a member there and, and uh, played some member guests and some links down there with him. We're just going and played. And the last member guest we played, they were having an orchard roast. It was in February. We were having an orchard roast out there. Mark and I were just sitting in a couple of Adirondack chairs just looking out over the golf course. And I said, you know, I played them both now, Augusta in yeah. succession. But if you give me a membership at one, it'd be here. Mm. That's a special place. Um, it's it is. just it's 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 so unique in its own way, and it just mm-hmm. the environment and what what Pro Harmon did there for so long, and uh, the old sweater. Pro. Yeah, uh, there's so many good memories from there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a good spot. Uh, yeah. Who was the uh, Scottish gentleman that hung out with y'all? Was a member here for a while. Stephen Lindsay. Yep. Stephen Lindsay. Stephen Boy George Lindsay. You Americans are so lazy. You you can't even get foamy soap. You got to get the foamy soap right out of the container. I remember him saying that one time. I remember we were playing the uh, something in Columbia. It might have been a 
was there a mid-am four ball somewhere in Columbia? I'm sure we've had them all over the place but yeah and Steve and I you know we're still partners and and uh Scott I'll stay with Steve at his house and Scott and Steven were staying in a hotel so we're gonna go pick them up and we're going someplace out there on the lake to eat at a marina yep and Steve and Lindsay walked out in three-quarter length shorts that about you know look like capri pants look like capri pants yeah. and that and, and steve nicknamed me boy george and stuff <laughs> his steven's dad came out we did the amateur at columbia country club one time and steven's dad came out straight from scotland okay came out and had his i think he had maybe two buttons buttoned on his shirt i mean he's wide open boy. oh yeah. really had the braveheart look going and I, I, it's the first time i've ever had to tell a dad to he had to button it up a little bit but yeah good people mr gravely let's give you a chance to plug any countertop business you'd like to sell <laughs> if you are out there and you want some nice he's the king of granite yeah i do granite countertop i do a little bit of everything granite quartz uh you know it's something i got into 23 years ago okay a good friend of mine owned star granite down star in Elberton, georgia and he called me one day and he said you know i need somebody i can trust up there and uh so we set up a time for me to go talk to him at his house yeah and uh I drove down after work, got there about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. We talked for about an hour, and, and uh, he said, you want to do it? I said, sure. So I got home, and I told Lori, I said, I'm going to work for Rusty and Star Granite Interiors. And she said, well, how much money are you going to make? I said, I don't know. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> Just going to go do it. It was a great move. Well, the, I about to say, yeah, I mean, the and, business has had been pretty good. Yeah, and, uh, and then, of course, I think it was 2012, I hired Revis. I was the sales manager of the company, so I hired Jeremy, and he's done very, very well there. Yeah. And about six years ago or so, I decided that I didn't want to work in corporate anymore, and I just kind of go out and do my own thing now. Good. Yeah. On time, on schedule. Yep. Worked real hard this week. Played Monday, Tuesday, and now I'm down here doing <laughs> this. Is this my man. <laughs> Anything we left out you'd like to say? <laughs> well, That's an open-ended question I for Gravely now. I, you know, yeah, there is. Okay. You know, I appreciate all you guys in the SCGA more than you'll ever know. Uh, you know, Biff Biff's doing a fantastic job in behind his dad. Uh, and and you guys feel like part of the family to me, you know. And, and uh, you know, I don't agree with everything you do sometimes. And you know that because yep. I tell you, yep. you know. Yep. But, but I just I appreciate you guys. Well, that means a lot. I'm going to tell you from, from my side of things, and doing this for however many years have been doing it, and uh i've been part of this with you for a long long time mm -hmm. now i've been part of it for 25 years but you know for for guys like you and, and some of the guys we mentioned scott fridays and stephen Lindsay's and those fellows that have been part of it that's what we do it we enjoy it it's oh, like yeah. a, it's like a family i mean it sure. really is and, and we thoroughly enjoy our opportunities to go to places like musgrove mill mm -hmm. and uh and 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 your opinion means a lot you know people like you that, that have an opinion and aren't scared to let us know about it that's what, how it <laughs> makes us better it really is i mean that's what we that's what we need so um, i remember one of my one of my few encounters that i've had with your dad playing at the river club state am yep and i shouldn't even been there because Lori was having some issues and stuff and i was playing with two fellas which I won't mention their names, but one was a very fast player and one was an extremely slow player. And y'all do this to me sometimes. <laughs> because one of you your know cousin? how fast that I play. <laughs> right. And you'll put me with somebody just just heartbreakingly slow. I understand, yep. Did it to me in the senior am one time. <laughs> that reserve club. Yep. But but uh, we 
we had a storm coming and we had teed off i think on the back nine and we were 11 maybe as a par three or two's a par three i don't know right and hat sitting up there on the tee and one of the players earlier had made a 10 on par five mm. so that kind of slows you down yep and he told us speed up speed up and i said i'm going we're going as fast as we can go i mean i can't you know he said well put him on the cart because the guy was walking to so oh, put him on the cart so we get up to the 11th tee and half is who's up who's up and i said well i am and he said well hurry up and hit hurry up and hit and i'm like Hap, we're not that far behind the groups in the middle of the fairway over there and oh hurry up and hit hurry up and hit well a storm's coming well i hit knock it over the green <laughs> and some rough and then the horn blows and i'm like well i saw you a little bit later in that round and i i Still hot, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you remember. Yep, yep. <laughs> he'd get a little antsy. He'd get a little yep. antsy. He, uh, he, he, he pulled a group here at Musgrove during the four ball one time. Uh, he didn't like how fast they were playing, and he, he threatened to pull them off to the side and let the entire field go through <laughs> while they watched. And if they didn't spend – got him playing fast, he had his way to get the port across sometimes. So. We also owe you – you hosted us one time. I can't remember what the event yeah, was. Absolutely. You're doing a qualifier at Three Pines. Three Pines. That's what it was. You all stayed at the house with me. It was you and Biff. And Joe, I and think. And Joe. Yep. I yep. slept in the office. You slept upstairs on, you, a, on a futon mm-hmm. in my office. You and grilled out steaks for us. Yep. Grilled out steaks, and Miss Lori made a chocolate or got a chocolate mousse pie. Yep. yep. I never will forget. We, we sat there. We ate good. We drank good. Yep. Yep. And, uh, that, was a good that morning, about two thirty, I woke up. I was thirsty, so I went in the kitchen to get uh, something to drink. And Joe's sitting there; he's got that whole thing of chocolate mousse that's all over his face. <laughs> he was cramming it down his throat. He couldn't figure out why he couldn't lose weight. That's crazy. <laughs> well, Mike, let me tell you what, man. I, I just can't tell you how excited and thank you so much for being a part of this with us. And absolutely, for what you've brought to the golf association and and playing wise, and and now as a volunteer and still playing, but. Uh, we, we, we appreciate you, man. We really do. Well, I appreciate you guys, too, and thank you for having me. Thank you.